I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. What's up, guys? Welcome back to an emergency edition of the Glory UJ podcast, brought to you, of course, as always, by the fine folks at Alumni Hall. You guys know the drill. I'm Tyler, and unless you have been sampling the ayahuasca on an Aaron Rodgers-esque darkness retreat today, you know what this episode is about. You know what the emergency is. Dylan Raiola, the number one quarterback in the country, the number one overall prospect in the 2024 recruiting cycle, has finally pulled the trigger and committed to the G. So I felt I had no choice, guys. You have no choice. The number one quarterback in the country commits to you, the number one overall prospect, the highest rated recruit that we have ever signed if we do ultimately end up signing him, which I think right now is a pretty safe bet. But you never know in recruiting. Always expect the unexpected when it comes to recruiting. That's just kind of a, a rule of thumb. But Dylan Raiola, if we do end up ultimately signing this guy, is going to be the highest rated recruit that our program has ever signed. Not just under Kirby Smart, but ever. We have never signed a number one overall recruit in the history of our program. That changes today, assuming, of course, that Raiola stays atop the rankings for the rest of the cycle. So when a guy like that, of that caliber, commits to your program, of course, i got to jump on here and give you guys some thoughts on it. But just a, a, a quick heads up, guys. This is an emergency podcast. So in the vein of an emergency podcast, this is completely off the cuff stuff here today. Shooting from the hip, no notes, nothing like that. Uh, Curtis and I actually recorded our usual off-season Tuesday episode last night on Mother's Day. We're going to post that. We were going to post it tonight, like Monday night, but then the Riola news hit, obviously, earlier today, and as a Georgia podcast, once again, like, how can you not cover that immediately? So, yeah, we felt like that had to, that had to happen. Curtis is at work right now. I was able to get off a little bit and come fire this thing up and record for you guys, so that's why he's not here. But we're just going to push that mailbag episode that Curtis and I have already recorded. We're going to move that back to Thursday. And I, I just say that to let you know that when you listen to that episode later in the week, at least the, the intro to it, just understand that we did record that on Sunday night. There's a couple things that we talk about that make it seem like, yeah, we did record it on Sunday, Sunday night. I think we talked about Mother's Day a little bit at the outset. And I know that may seem a little weird later in the week. So just, you know, a random quick heads up there. But anyway, let's talk about Dylan Raiola, man finally, finally he pulled the trigger. And I say finally because this almost happened about three weeks ago, guys. 
Uh, I was tipped off the Sunday before, I, 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 got, I think it was like three weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, something like that. But I was tipped off the Sunday before that it might happen. It looked like it was going to happen. I was told like, hey, 24 to 48 hours, this guy is pulling the trigger. And I, I went on social media and teased that a little bit um, because I got that from a, a as good of a source as I've got. But then I looked like an idiot for about the last three weeks because, you know, once word started to leak out, because I wasn't, of course, the only one. I mean, I'm not the only one getting this information. Other people are getting it. And, you know, word starts to leak out a little bit. And it uh, looks like he got spooked, backed off. He kind of wanted to wait to see if he could have more of like his moment, kind of be more of a, a, a surprise commitment so he can kind of have that moment. Because everybody wants that, right, guys? But in the meantime, I was never concerned about, oh, my God, like, is he, is he like having second thoughts? Is he, is he actually going to like commit somewhere else? Is like USC jumping back in the picture? Nebraska, like what's going on here? Like it was never in doubt for me, at least, based on what I was hearing that over the last three weeks, like it was that he was going to commit. He was going to commit. It was just a matter of when. I didn't know when that was going to happen. I did not get specific word that it was going to happen today. But like a lot of you last night, I saw the Dan Orlovsky tweet. And that was a pretty clear signal to me that it was coming. Um, for those of you who don't know, Dan Orlovsky was a backup quarterback for the Lions for a couple of years. Ryola's dad was a center for the Lions for, for quite a few years, was a former uh, All-American at Nebraska. So that, that's why like, there's some Matthew Stafford connections with Ryola. Their families are really, really close friends. He watched the National Championship game with Matthew Stafford. We talked about that you know a couple months ago. You guys know that. Uh, but when I saw Orlovsky tweet that out, I was like, oh, um, well, he would know. Like He knows something here. I was surprised that he was like allowed to kind of put that out there. I don't know if he did that with the family's blessing or what. I don't know. And then you see like his sister fall, like respond to it with a, a couple of dog emojis. So it was like, when I saw that, I was like, okay, either he's committing like like tonight or tomorrow, or this is like the most well-orchestrated troll job in the history of recruiting. And I just didn't think that was the case. Again, based on everything that I had heard, you know, going back three weeks or so ago, like it was just a matter of time. It's a matter of when. So I didn't know it was exactly going to happen. We saw the Orlovsky tweet like all of you guys, and I knew it was just, it was going to happen. So I kind of started preparing myself like, okay, this might happen. So we might have to push this episode back and I might have to do an emergency pod. We'll just see what happens. But I really wasn't surprised. I know some of you might have been caught off guard. I, I wasn't, you know, when he didn't pull the trigger like three weeks ago when I when I was told that he was going to, I was looking down the road. I was trying to predict, okay, when will he pull the trigger? And I thought there were two obvious times where it would be likely. I thought, number one, sometime this week or this weekend, because we have our annual scavenger hunt recruiting weekend, which is a like our biggest recruiting weekend of the summer, usually. And I know that sounds lame. I know it does. But I've actually been on campus, been around downtown and seeing these guys out there doing it. And they are having a freaking blast, guys. And basically, they're all trying to find Kirby Smart. And there's like there's clues along the way. It's a scavenger hunt, right? And uh, they're, they're on, they break up into different teams. And it's a, it's a way to kind of introduce them to the campus, a fun, interesting way to introduce, introduce them to the campus and the athletic department, all that we have to offer. And eventually, they find Kirby Smart. Each team's assigned a coach. It, it, it's just a lot of fun. The kids seem to love it. And I knew that he was coming to town this weekend for the scavenger hunt. And I thought the scavenger hunt weekend could be like a prime time for him to actually pull the trigger and go ahead and commit because you have all these other big time recruits on campus. And if you're going to commit to George, you want to make sure you recruit all these guys to come play with you. And what better way to do that than when they're all on campus having a great time and you can kind of influence them a little bit to, to, hey, come join me, come to Georgia. So I thought either like this weekend or maybe leading up to the weekend, kind of building the momentum for the weekend. That was a possibility or his official visit weekend, which is the first weekend of June. I thought that might be another opportunity. So I wasn't necessarily surprised that it was this week. I just didn't know exactly it was going to happen. So if you've been wondering all day today, like why now, why do you decide to pull the trigger now? I, I think that's why that, that'd be my take on why now, but all right, guys, there are a ton of angles to look at this commitment from. I, I think the obvious place to really start 
is how good is this guy actually? Like, what makes him the number one overall prospect? Does he actually deserve that ranking? And in my estimation, I haven't seen the tape of every single prospect in this class. That's obviously not going to be able to do that. There's too many players out there. But based off what I've seen from Raiola and his film, absolutely, 100%, he is deserving of the number one overall prospect ranking. I mean, for, look at the size, first off. Prototypical size, 6'3", 220. It's a pro-style quarterback in the making, right? And the first thing you see outside the size is the plus arm. The arm talent is readily apparent to anyone who watches this guy throw the football. He's got big-time effortless power and incredibly quick release, which I think is critical because when you play big-time college football or you eventually make it to to the professional league, you make it to the NFL, you're going to have big-time pass rushers that are trying to take your head off, right? They're trying to come after you. So you've got to be able to get that ball off quickly. I mean, that release can be the difference between getting the ball off for a touchdown or a sack. We talk talk about like potentially game-changing type plays. So I love the quick release, the effortless motion. It, It really, it's a beautiful throwing motion, guys. It really is. And he's also a really good athlete. Um, he's not a dual threat quarterback per se. Like he's not an Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson type guy out there. That's not who he is. But he is a good athlete. He has great escapability. He has really good ability to extend the plays inside, outside the pocket. Kind of has that that ad lib ability, very Mahomes esque in in that regard. Now he's not. I'm not saying it's Patrick Mahomes. That's you know I'm certainly not putting that on him. And Patrick Mahomes is a different level. That's right? a different dude, right? But in terms of his ability to to escape pressure to extend plays he does have that like Mahomes type ability not to that degree but same concept right he's also a guy that's really really good off play action the best throws I see him make on tape are the throws he makes off of play action taking those vertical shots down the field if you think about it huh whose offense does that sound a lot like oh I don't know the Georgia Bulldogs, right? We do a lot of that, especially under Mike Bobo. We're going to do a lot of that play action, take shots down the field. We do under Todd Monk. We do under Bobo. That's been a staple of our offense under Kirby Smart, and it's been a staple of our offense going back for years, not just under Kirby Smart. So I think that's a, a, a perfect fit for our system. So obviously, he's great delivering the ball from the pocket, but he's not only a pocket passer. This is a guy that throws the ball really well outside the pocket on the move. He's very good throwing off platform, which is becoming increasingly critical when you talk about quarterbacks in the modern age of football. He does a really good job of throwing from different arm angles. So again, like not just saying Patrick Mahomes, he's not the only guy that does that. Aaron Rodgers does that really well. I mean, there are a lot of guys in the NFL who can throw from different arm angles. And that's important, guys. Like you have to be able to do that in this modern age of football. Throw off platform, throw from different arm angles, because you're not always going to have time to get your feet set when you're trying to create there in the pocket. And he's able to do that at a very, very young age. I think his ball placement is great. Very strong accuracy at this stage in his career. Now, one thing I would like to see him move away from, just a little bit of constructive criticism here, and look, I'm not a quarterback guru. I'm not trying to pretend to be, but one thing that I watch, that I see on tape when I watch him is that he tends to kind of get on his tippy toes, like throw off of his toes. And I'm not saying you can't play quarterback that way. There's, there's our guys out there who do, and he already has awesome arm strength, so it's really not hurting his arm strength that much doing that. But I, as good as his arm strength is right now, even with that motion, like throwing off his toes, I think he can get even more juice on the ball, which is crazy to believe when you consider like how good his arm is already like with throwing on the toes. But if he starts to throw more on the balls of his feet and not so much like up on his tippy toes, I think he's got even more juice that he can get on the ball, which is scary to even think about. But you know, at the end of the day, guys, you know, just going through that list there, he checks every box, man. Like he checks every box that you would expect of a future number one draft pick. I'm not saying number one overall, but first round draft pick. Maybe number one overall, who, who knows? We'll see. But if you're looking for the physical tools, which you know those NFL scouts do, 
he checks all those boxes, man. He does it at a very, very young age. Now, does that mean he will ultimately develop into a first-round draft pick, a number one overall draft pick type guy? Not necessarily. You know, you never know. But what I can tell you is that physically, he's got the goods. The dude has the physical tools, and um, that is a great place to start. Now, personally, if I had to project forward, do I think he will become a first-rounder at some point eventually in his career? Yes, I do. Um, and it, here's why. He has the tools. That's the requisite number one criteria. You've got to have the physical tools or you're not going to go in the first round. You're simply not. But it's not just that. He has more than that. He's a guy that has been around the game his entire life. And that matters. And your dad's an NFL center. No, not a quarterback, but you've been around. You grew up in the game, right? And you've you've seen your dad at practice. Your dad's been able to kind of tell you what it's like, prepare you for these things. And you've been around guys like Matthew Stafford, Dan Orlovsky. Like you've been around these guys. You've had high-level coaching your entire career, personal coaches, all that kind of thing. That all matters to me because what that means to me is that there's nothing or very little that Dylan Riola is going to encounter at the college level that's going to take him by surprise in terms of like the commitment that the college level requires, the work ethic, the discipline, how you're going to be coached, all of those things. There are a lot of guys who come into college and they think they know, but they don't know. They have no idea. I don't think that's going to be the case with Dylan Riola. I think he already knows what's going to be expected of him. Again, growing up in a football family, being around a dad who is a former All-American, who knows how it is in college, being around a dad who is a, a really good pro for a long time in the NFL, he under, I think he has a more comprehensive understanding of what's going to be expected of him at the college level than your average quarterback coming out of high school. So I think that bodes very well along with the physical tools. He's just a much more mature quarterback. He, like Skill set wise, sure, but just like his mental makeup and you listen to this guy in interviews, you consider where he's coming from. He's just a much more mature quarterback than most guys coming out of high school, when you're talking about the quarterback position where maturity actually matters, decision-making, things like that, I think that absolutely is a big deal, and I think that will help him ultimately grow into that first-round draft pick here in, I, I mean, I, I would hope three years, because that means he was really good for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
All right, guys, let's keep this thing rolling along here. So I've got a couple questions, actually more than a couple of questions from uh, listeners out there today, hitting us up on social media, hitting us up on email. So I want to try to address some of those questions I've gotten from you guys out there. And probably the most popular question I've gotten today is actually relating to Arch Manning, you know, the guy that ultimately ends up coming to Texas, was the number one overall prospect in last year's class. We were heavily, heavily involved in his recruitment. In fact, we were essentially, we were, we were the runners up to Texas. So we had a really legitimate shot to land him last year. And so it's natural to wonder like, okay, who's the better prospect, Arch Manning or Dylan Riola? So I've gotten that question from quite a few of you out there today, and I'll give you my quick thoughts on it. Um, it's pretty clear to me based off tape. That's all I have to work off of. We haven't really seen them at the college level. I guess we saw Arch Manning a little bit in Texas's spring game, but he was like bad in that game. So, I, I, but I don't want to put that much stock into that because that was just a spring game performance. He's just he's new to campus. He's been on campus for a couple of weeks or a couple of months, I guess. Don't want to put too much on that. But if you go back and watch their high school tape, it's clear to me Dylan Riola is a hundred percent the better long term prospect. I mean, really, guys, and I think I mentioned this last summer when we were recruiting him, like Arch Manning's high school tape was good, but it wasn't like overwhelming. Like you, you saw a good quarterback when you watched his tape, but you didn't like I never I never understood. Like, so this guy's the number one overall prospect. I never quite got that. I felt like he was like a top 100 guy, like maybe a top 50 guy, maybe a fringe five star guy. But I never felt in last year's cycle that he should be the consensus number one overall prospect. I felt that was more a product of the name and the reputation than really anything else. Uh, now, that doesn't mean I, I didn't think he was a good player. I did. It doesn't mean I, I wouldn't have loved to have had him. Sure, of course. Certainly, that's a guy that you would love to have. But here's the thing, man. If we would have gotten Arch last year, you have to think that greatly would diminishes our chances to land Raiola this year. And it's no question to me which guy I would rather have. I would much rather have Riola. He's far more polished, in my opinion, uh, coming into high school or coming into the college level, which I know sounds crazy when you're talking about a Manning, but it's not like it's Peyton Manning's son. It's Cooper Manning's son. But I felt Dylan was far more polished. Uh, I think he shows a far more impressive skill set. I think he has a much higher ceiling overall. Now, Arch, like Riola, grew up around football. But I do think like where they were coming out of high school, I think Arch has further to go. And that's you know, that's that's saying Arch as a senior, not even Arch as necessarily a junior. Um Arch I do think is a little bit of a better runner. Like he's more of a dual threat guy. But again, Rayola is a really good athlete. He's not a guy that you know could do a, a ton of design QB run stuff with. You may be a zone read here or there, but I love his escapability. I love his ability to extend plays, and that's what you've got to have the quarterback position in this day and age. And I think he has that in spades. But uh, I mean, guys, I know how this sounds. I know. Trust me. Like I have self awareness here. I know. Like of course, the Georgia guy is going to say that the guy they landed is better than the guy they missed on. So I know how that sounds. But here's what I would say to that. Just go watch the tape. If you haven't watched the tape of both these guys, Arch Manning and Dylan Riola, go watch the tape. Put it on and tell me what you think. I, I think you'll probably end up agreeing with me here when you watch the tape of both these guys side by side. Another question I've gotten from quite a few of you today is, what does this mean for Georgia's quarterback group, particularly Brock Vanning and Gunnar Stockton? Right now, honestly, guys, I don't think it means anything. I don't think this has any impact as we sit here right now on either Vandegrift or Gunnar Stockton. I mean, look, the, the transfer portal is closed. The wind, like, there's windows now, right? The transfer portal window has closed until after the season. So both those guys are going to be on the team at least until the end of this season. Like that's going to happen. Now, after the season, all bets are off. We'll see what happens. But they'll be on our team through this season. And then after the season, once we get to January, I don't think that either Vandegrift or Stockton are going to be scared off by a true freshman 
when he enrolls in January, no matter what his ranking is, no matter what his prep profile is, just because he joins the quarterback room. Now, this is all, of course, assuming that Carson Beck wins the job, which you know I've been pretty consistent saying I think that's going to happen. But assuming Beck does win the job, and working off the assumption that he performs well enough this season to put himself in the NFL draft conversation with all the talent he has around him at his disposal. So working on that assumption, Vandegrift and Stockton would come into next year, like next spring, as the two that had been in the system the longest and have a massive head start on Dylan Riola. So I, I firmly believe that both of them would at the very least stay through the spring to fight it out and see where they are once spring ends. Like after G-Day, like, okay, where am I right now? Where am I in the pecking order? Can I read between the lines and see what's happening here? If at that time, Raiola's talent is just too much to, to deny and everyone sees it's obvious where this is going, where this quarterback battle is heading and it's starting to look like he might end up getting the nod as a true freshman, which that's really hard, guys. It's really hard to get a nod as a true freshman, especially when you have two other really talented quarterbacks in the quarterback room who've been around longer than you have and know the system. But if that ends up happening, then I can see them transfer at that point, but I certainly don't think it's necessarily imminent just because Dylan Raiola has committed to Georgia. I think you can say that it increases the likelihood that maybe down the road, either Stockton or Vandergriff do transfer just because you have more competition in the room. You have a highly rated guy that you're, all, that you're now inserting into the room. But again, I, I don't necessarily think it means that it's imminent. It's like it's going to happen. The other player that you have to consider here, another player I've been asked about today is the other quarterback commitment in our 2024 class, Ryan Pugliese, a guy who's been committed for almost a year now from up north in Connecticut and who's a really good quarterback in his own right. You know, when he committed, there wasn't that much fanfare because everybody was talking about, you know, at that point, Riola had committed to Ohio State. And that was a guy that we were after for a long time. Guys, like, we've been on Riola since his freshman year. He came to Athens and worked out for the coaches. Uh, actually, at the... Uh, the suggestion of Sean Chappis, who again, his dad, Connections, knew from the Detroit Lions when Chappis was with the Lions for a little while. Chappis now works in our athletic department. He doesn't work directly with the football team. He works with the athletic department. And he he basically encouraged Ryola's dad, Dominic, to bring Dylan to town. Just like, hey, just come throw, come work out, come see what happens and check the town out. And they came and worked out. And the coaches, like as soon as they saw him throw, like, okay, this is our number one target in 2024. So we've been on him for a long time. Like even before he committed to Ohio State, like I thought we might end up getting him then. And he commits to Ohio State. And I was, I was pretty frustrated and upset about that because I thought this guy this guy is legit this is the guy uh, but you know then we ended up landing Puglisi so people weren't paying, play, paying that much attention because he was like a three-star guy at the time you just missed on Riola. but I told you guys when we landed Puglisi like don't pay attention to the ranking like watch the tape decide for yourself he was far better than what his ranking said before he committed to Georgia and so when he commits to Georgia it raises your profile more eyes turn towards you and more people actually pay attention to your tape and watch you a little bit you know and they're like oh yeah this guy is way better than what we had him ranked as so now he has moved all the way up to a four-star prospect number 132 overall in the 247 composite which I think is a pretty fair ranking for him and he's a guy I really like uh, he's got a really good frame good athleticism um, good arm talent as well not Dylan Ryo level arm talent, but he's a talented guy in his own right. So I'm certainly not going to just completely write him off because that dude can play. The obvious question here, and this is the question we've gotten about about, uh, Puglisi is, will he stick? Now that we've officially gotten Raiola on the commit list, is Puglisi stick around or does he explore his options? Because you know other teams are going to be recruiting this guy. and They're going to be recruiting against us negatively, say, hey, look, they got Raiola. You're going to be second fiddle to him, which that's tough to tell a guy, but they'll be tell- telling him that in in some way, shape, or form. Now, this is not a new thing for Puglisi. Like, he has a, been asked these questions about Raiola because obviously, you know, once he committed from Ohio State and, we're, and he's making all these visits to Georgia. So he's been asked this and he's addressed it head on. And based on his own words, he's very clearly said, I'm not scared of, of 
of competition. Like I know you you come to a place like Georgia, you have to compete. So I, I that doesn't scare me. I'm I'm sold on Georgia. I love Georgia. That's where I want to go. So that's what he said. Now could that change? Yeah, of course, absolutely. Like he can have second thoughts. He can reconsider that it's recruiting. Crazy things happen. But right now, I have to take the guy at his word until I hear otherwise. So right now, I don't think it's going to change anything based off what he said. But that certainly does, you know, warrant some monitoring as, as we move forward. All right, guys, I got a couple more quick thoughts for you guys when it comes to the Dylan Riola commitment. Then I got to get out of here. I'm actually going to a concert at the 40 Watt tonight. A little origami angel action for you. If you know, you know. But anyway, Riola, a couple thoughts here on what his commitment actually means for the University of Georgia and our football program. Now, look, we we all know that we are no stranger to recruiting well. Like, obviously under Kirby Smart, we haven't finished lower than number three in the rankings. We had two number one overall classes under, under Kirby Smart. But even before Kirby got here, we recruited well. Even under Mark Rickland, there were some years that were better than others, but we were a perennial top 10 recruiting team. Now we're a perennial top three recruiting team. So recruiting well at a high level is not new to us. But what Ryla's commitment does give us is a chance to make a run at the number one class, not just this season, guys, in this cycle, but the number one recruiting class ever in the history of recruiting classes. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to get there. We've got to land some more big fish. But what I can tell you is that Riola's commitment gives us a chance. It absolutely does. It really depends on how many players we're going to take, I think. Uh, if you look, the, the standard we have to meet here is Texas A&M, their 2022 class. Obviously, that class broke up. But when it was signed, the number they hit in the 247 composite was 333 points. That's the number we're going to have to surpass to be considered the number one overall class in the history of recruiting classes. That season, A&M took 30 players. I don't know how many we're going to end up taking. We'll see how attrition works, but they took 30 players. Right now, we have 11 commitments. We're at 228 points. Landing Riola, though, that's a game changer because when you get a commitment from a guy like that at the quarterback position, that changes everything. It changes the dynamic because classes are usually built around quarterbacks. And when you get a guy like Raiola, a quarterback of that caliber and his his high profile nature, what that does is it makes other big time five stars gravitate towards him, especially the offensive side of the ball, but really just in general. Guys want to win championships. They want to play with other big time players. And when you see a guy like Raiola come all the way across the country to play for Georgia, that opens eyes. The most obvious example of that is the number two overall player right behind Dylan Raiola himself, Jeremiah Smith, the wide receiver who who is currently committed to Ohio State, but he he has been long rumored to be entertaining a, a potential flip. He's actually visiting Athens this weekend for his official visit for our scavenger hunt weekend. So remember I told you guys it's a big weekend, have a lot of big time guys coming in. That's one of the dudes. And he, he was asked today, straight up. He tweeted something, I think it was like a thinking emoji kind of thing. And he quickly deleted that. But, uh, you know, some reporters got a hold of him and asked him, like, hey, what does this mean for you, like, George getting Dylan Raiola? And he straight up said, I've really got to think long and hard about Georgia now. Like, I have to think about them with, with Dylan going to Georgia. And he's going to be here this weekend. I'm not saying, like, a, a commitment of flip is imminent, but it's also not crazy to suggest it's possible. It's really not. And from my understanding, what I've been told is that Raiola himself has been recruiting Smith for a while behind the scenes because Raiola has been a, a, a silent commitment for a little while. And so he's been recruiting him really, really heavily. Because of course, why would you not? Number one overall quarterback, don't you want the number one overall receiver? Another guy that Raiola has built a really good relationship with throughout this recruiting cycle is another receiver, Ryan Wingo, another five-star guy. And there's a question I've gotten about you know both those guys. Who would I rather have, Jeremiah Smith or Ryan Wingo? I mean, guys, we're splitting hairs here. Five-star receivers, both awesome players. Who do I like more? 
I, I would lean Smith. I think Smith has a little bit more explosiveness in his game. He's a little more twitchy than Wingo is. Wingo is a bigger body. He moves really well for his size. It's almost like he's like a running back body. It's kind of built like that. Uh, his brother actually played running back at Arkansas uh, a couple years back. And his body type is kind of like that. He's kind of built like that. But he's a really, really good receiver. I want both those guys. Smith is a freak, though, guys. They're both freaky. I mean, they really are. But I think Smith is like, you know, those guys that Alabama had all those years, that run of guys like Jerry, Judy, Ruggs, um, Devontae Smith, Waddle, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, those kind of guys. Like Jeremiah Smith is 100% that kind of receiver. I think Wingo probably is too, but I, I think Smith is, is a notch above him in terms of overall athleticism. So I would... If I had to pick, and again, splitting hairs, I would take Smith over Wingo. Um, I would love if we could take both. Right now, we have three wide receivers committed in this class. And they're, I mean, I love Nitro Tuggle, guys. Nitro Tuggle, I think, is vastly underrated. I think he's a five-star guy. He's going to shoot up the rank. He's already moved up to a four-star ranking when he was a three-star when he initially committed. I love that guy. Um, but I think maybe we could get to five. We're not, we're not definitely not going to take more than five receivers. So if we take five and we keep the three we currently have, then you take Smith and Wingo if they, if they both want to come, but we might only take four. I don't know. Like I don't know. It's weird. Though. Like let's say that Wingo commits and then he's the fourth wide receiver commitment. Are you really going to turn away a guy like Smith if he wants to commit? Like there's no way that you do that. There's just no way that you do that. So I can see a world where we take both, but if I had to pick between those two guys, I would say Smith. So um, and the other question I've gotten here when it comes to uh, like commitments following Raiola is like who's next? I would have said Wingo because. You know, again, he's got a long-standing relationship with Ryola through this recruiting cycle, and uh, he we've been training for him for a while now. But now with Smith coming to town this weekend, and like all the all the buzz around like him potentially flipping, and now Ryola and just taking his comments for what they were, I could see Smith maybe this weekend flipping. I don't know. I would still stick with Wingo because I think we've been training for him for a longer period of time. But we're right there with Smith, guys. I'm not saying we're going to land him, but it also wouldn't completely shock me there. All right, another thing that this recruitment tells me, as if we didn't already know this, I think we all already understood this. But if if not, it's more clear now than ever. Back-to-back national championships, going for a three-peat this year. But we aren't going anywhere, guys. And we should have known that. Kirby Smart's not going to allow us to go anywhere. It's not just his recruiting ability, but it's his development ability, his attention to detail. This guy will simply not allow our program to fall off. It's that simple. Kirby Smart will not allow it. It's not in his DNA to allow that to happen. The dude ain't built that way. So I never had any concerns about that anyway. But then when you land a guy like Dylan Raiola at the most important position on the on the field, I, the, the term generational talent, I'm not going to use that because I think that's so overused. But I will say he's the best quarterback prospect I've seen in a couple years. And I, I include him over Quinn Ewers. I really do, guys. I know Quinn Ewers at the time was like the highest rated recruit in the history of recruiting classes. I didn't. I mean, I thought he was good in high school, but Raiola's tape is better. I mean, Raiola has the physical tools in a way that I don't think Quinn Ewers actually has. Ewers was bad last year. Now it was his first year playing. I think he'll be much better this year. But like in terms of ceiling, I think Raiola has a higher ceiling than any of these top quarterbacks that have come out in the past couple of years. So if you want to call that generational talent, like, like you can use those terms if you want to. I'm just not personally going to use them. But when you land a guy like that, I think it's just further confirmation that what we've seen over the past two seasons here, back-to-back national titles, angling for a third one, this is still very much the beginning of what is going to be a long run for the University of Georgia atop the college football world. Does that mean that we're going to win every national championship the next decade? No, but just like Alabama, they didn't win every national title in their, with their run with Saban, but they were still universally considered like the top of the college football world. Like they were still the standard, even when Clemson won one here and won one there. 
And I think that that is what we are positioned to become. I felt that way for a while. And I think this is just further confirmation that that is exactly what's going to happen. Like we are not a flash in a pan. Like a lot of our rival fan, uh, fan bases want to believe. They, they so desperately want to believe that, that we're going to just fall back to mediocrity. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that, you know, over the past couple of months here since the end of the season. Th- that's not what's going to happen, guys. Like this is, I, I hate to break it to all of our rivals, but we aren't going anywhere. This is very much the beginning of what is going to be a very long run because Kirby Smart's a young dude and he ain't going anywhere, man. This is alma mater. Dude's not going anywhere. And as I said, he is not going to let our program fall off. It's simply not going to happen. And when you continue to land guys like this, you see exactly what I'm talking about there. Uh, another thing I want to mention here too, I, I got to give some love to Mike Bobo. Now, Mike Bobo wasn't the guy at the offense coordinator position that was that started off this process recruiting Dylan Riola. But I, I love what this says about Mike Bobo and his recruiting abilities. I know not everyone out there is sold on Mike Bobo long-term. I understand that. We've talked about that a lot. I don't want to dive into that too much here. You're certainly welcome to believe what you want to believe. I believe in Mike Bobo, but that's me. But one of the questions we were actually asked last week in our mailbag was, could Mike Bobo represent an upgrade when it comes to recruiting, especially at the quarterback position? And I was adamant in the affirmative. Like, yes, 100%, absolutely. Even if you go back and you look at Bobo's track record, you know, the first go around here at Georgia, the dude was an ace ace recruiter. Like, he understands the game. Um, He understands how to recruit. He's good with young men. I mean, he was kind of holding our program together in the latter years of the Mark Rick era. And I mean, he, he was our best recruiter for a long time with Mark Rick. And Bobo, like, certainly was not the only coach involved in recruiting Dylan Ryle. Like, absolutely not. But like his ability to come in right away and and lock in Dylan Riola, I think is case in point on how we kind of upgrade, at least from a recruiting standpoint, at the offensive coordinator position. Now, play calling, scheme, that remains to be seen. I'll, I'll leave that. That's open in right now. That That's certainly something we, we need to see. But recruiting, I felt like there was, it was a no-brainer. Of course, he's going to be a better recruiter than, than Todd Munkin was. That's not something that Munkin was really ever interested in. But again, this is not just Mike Bobo alone. Kirby was actually himself heavily involved in this recruitment and getting this commitment. I mean, as soon as he decommitted from Ohio State, guys, Kirby was like on the phone, like all the time with Riola. Like Kirby was intimately involved in his recruitment. When Kirby takes a personal interest like that, like that deeply, that tells you what kind of player this guy is. But despite the fact that Kirby was definitely involved heavily in this recruitment, Bobo's ability to come in and close out a prospect of this caliber after only a few months on the job, I think that's pretty damn impressive, guys. And if you're a Bobo hater, you got to give the guy some props there to be able to come in here and close the deal the way that he has been able to just, to, again, just a couple months on the job. But all right, guys, I've got to get out of here. Again, I've got to go to the show here at the 40 Watt. My wife's actually like, she's like giving me the evil eye right here. So I got to get out of here. But real quickly, I'll leave you with this. There are no guarantees that Dylan Riola is ever going to win the job at Georgia. No matter how highly rated he is, the dude is going to have to come earn it. Competition is the name of the game when it comes to Kirby Smart's tenure at Georgia, and Dylan Riola is going to be no exception there. There have been plenty of five-star quarterbacks who have never lived up to the hype. Tate Martell, remember that name? Never lived up to the hype, right? To a lesser degree, even a guy like JT Daniels, a guy that we're familiar with, never really quite lived up to the hype. Had a solid freshman year, but has never been that guy. So there's no guarantee just because you're a really highly rated quarterback, five-star prospect, that you're going to be that guy. But here's what I I will tell you. Everything that I know about this kid, about Dylan Riola, tells me that he is not going to be one of those five stars that falls on his face and doesn't pan out. This dude's got the tools. He's got the polish. He's got the, the physical makeup. He's got the mental makeup. He was raised in a football family. He understands what's going to be expected of him. He's got a high level of maturity. 
Everything that I know about this guy tells me that he is going to be a big-time player. Now, that still remains to be seen. He's got to go out there and earn it. He's got to go out there and do it. There are no guarantees when it comes to to college football or, or football in general. There's no guarantees. But if you're asking what I would bet on, I mean, I'm betting on this guy being a first-round draft pick in three years. That's what I'm betting on. I'm not ready to say he's going to be the quarterback next year. I'm not ready to go that far in 2024. But I'm also not going to count him out. It certainly wouldn't shock me. I think this guy is that good. I think he's that talented. I think he, his ceiling is that high. I, if he does start in 2024, it's like I mean, we're written way, we're putting the car way ahead of the horse here. But if if he does somehow end up winning the job, I don't think to be out of camp. I think that's a bit of a stretch. But maybe at some point in the season, he takes over. I don't know. I still say that Vandegrift and, and Stockton have, certainly have a leg up there. Those guys are really good quarterbacks in their own right. And the fact they've been in the system certainly certainly gives them a, a, an edge there. But Ryle, is a, he's a dude, man. He's a different kind of guy. And I, I, he's, he's going to come here to compete. And it's just a matter of how quickly can he get up to speed. But regardless, however it works out down the road, guys, one thing I can tell you with 100% certainty, Georgia got better today, guys. We got better today. But all right, guys, I'm out of here. We'll be back later on this week. already have the episode record. I'll publish that for you guys. Probably Wednesday night heading into Thursday. So be checking that out, guys. I always appreciate you. Big time news, guys. I'm pumped about it. You're pumped about it. We knew it was going to happen, right? It's just a matter of like when it's going to happen. Well, no more do we have to wonder. We know the good guys got the number one prospect in the country. But all right, guys, have a great rest of the week. Uh, we'll be back later this week, and um, we'll have even more for you as the summer continues on. And of course, as always, go dogs.